Hello and welcome to Emotional Self Mastery, the best podcast on regaining personal power, self-confidence, and peace. I'm your host, Cheryl C. Jones. And I'm Kathy, the producer of this podcast. Each week, together, we explore topics that will help you eliminate negative self-talk, worry, anxiety, and fear, so so you can live your best life. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Cheryl. What are we talking about today? You say that every week. That's because we're always talking about something new. (laughs) And something good. And something good. That's right. So this week, we are talking about the people who trigger us into negative emotions. And with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, I felt like this might be a really good subject for us to address. Even though we're in the COVID environment, which means that this is not going to be a traditional holiday weekend. However, it still might be very traditional for many people. So there's a lot of possibilities to be triggered, both from the point of view of not seeing your family because they may be doing smaller events, but it may also trigger you in terms of what if you still are gathering with some of those people. Right. Yeah. And it's not always holiday gatherings that trigger people. You know, sometimes it's just event or people on the freeway or people in the store. But we tend to all at one time or another get triggered by what other people do and say or don't do and don't say. Yeah. It's not necessarily, as I'm thinking through what you're saying here, it's not necessarily a person, a specific person all the time. It can be a a type or a um, personality type is what I'm trying to say. Oh, very true. Very true. You know, sometimes it's uh, people who are not being polite in a way. Oh, that's a huge trigger for me. Is it? I mean, like people who step in front of you and go through the door instead of hold the door because you got there at the same time. Sometimes it's no thank yous. They don't say thank you or express any kind of appreciation. Then again, you've got personality types, when you think about it from the personality type point of view, you've got those people who might be really introverted and maybe even socially uncomfortable. And so they don't speak up for themselves or uh, ask for what they want. And you're like trying to drag it out of them. (laughs) Right. Oh, yes. Yes. That's exhausting sometimes. It really is. Or the ones that really say, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Answer every question with, I don't know. Surely they must know something. That's a real big trigger for me. (laughs) Well, and as people are gathering for this holiday, they may may find themselves in the company of people they've never met or don't know well. You know, say, say your sister brings her new bow with her or something, you know. And what if that person that you don't know triggers you about something? Yeah. So what if this new person comes into your life and then that day and they say something about, I don't know, religion. Or politics, which is a hot item, right? Right. (laughs) Right. So so there's all kinds of ways to be triggered by people, I guess. Absolutely. And I mean, you and I are both in that sandwich generation where we have, well, we don't have young children anymore. So we're a little out of one end of that, but we still have children who need us. And then we have parents who are now needing extra care. So that puts us in a demand, sometimes demanding situation where we're just getting the, 
our little ones, if you will, out on their own so they can take care of themselves. And now we're having to take care of parents and do some thinking for them in some cases, or, or, they're, or they may have regressed. And that just, you're like, I just thought I got done with all that. And that can be a real trigger, right? Yes, that can be a real trigger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can trigger us. Sometimes, back to that personality idea, sometimes people with real strong dominant personalities can be a real trigger because they can be a confront for us. I have an f- extended family member that has a bold, strong, dominant personality, and he just snowballs over everybody. I mean, he, and especially me, but it's probably because he's known me my entire life and he knows what he can get away with. And it just triggers me all over again from all those other past events where I've been bulldozed. Right. Yeah. Well, my sister um, is an introvert and Mm. when she finds herself in a group of people and, and maybe one or more of those people are demanding the stage and she will just like retreat. She just goes, "Mm -mm, no, I'm not competing. That's it. Can't, I don't Mm -hmm. like that kind of personality and I'm just not going to, you know, participate. The vision I got was of her going like into her shell, you know, like a tortoise or something. Well, actually she's a cancer. So she's, she's a crab. So she goes, she does go into her, her shell. So funny. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, but remember a couple of years ago when you were going to go to Thanksgiving with your dad's family mm-hmm. and you were having all kinds of anxiety around being with your cousins because they used to tease you all the time when you were a kid incessantly and I remember you getting ready for that trip and just like I don't want to go you know how did you finally resolve it enough to go there and get through it there was a couple of those trips that you're referencing with the same cousin I have approached it a couple different ways at some not as with not as a positive outcome as could be and then others with a better outcome And he's a bit older than I am. So I think he still sees me as kind of a kid, even though I don't think of myself as that way, but he may still see me that way. And and so he's in this pattern of relating to me in a certain way. And there was one trip where, oh my gosh, my anxiety was off the chart. We were sitting down to have dinner with my aunt and uncle and, and my dad and my cousin and of course our family, all four of us. And he started, I mean, and honestly, I was bracing for it. I was bracing for it before we even got there. For a couple hours beforehand, my anxiety was just outrageous. He, he showed up, we all showed up, sat down for dinner. And he, like within the first 10 minutes after everybody said hello, I was like getting picked on and teased and everything. I was like, I rose to the occasion. This is not one of my finer moments, but the whole night was banter. Like I turned the tables on him doing to him what he was doing to me. And my aunt and uncle and my dad of all people just looked at me like with eyes wide going, who is this girl? <laughs> Cause of course they'd never seen me in that personality, right? Being that, that challenging personality. Right. The whole night it was all the, conver- the conversation. Nobody else could get a com- word in because it was this banter back and forth. Like I said, it's not one of my prouder moments at all, but what I 
did feel when I left there is I stood up for myself. I stood in my own power, even though I felt like I was being somebody else instead of who I naturally was, which is more loving and open and a listener and encouraging. I was like, I was on, you know, I was on and I was coming after him because he was coming after me. I don't know where that came from, but I don't recommend that approach. And <laughs> a later, in a later inter- interaction with the same person, I found that I had to just be real clear with him. And I said, you know, I don't like being in relationship with you like this, where you pick on me and I'm defending myself. I really love you and enjoy your company and, and want to be around you and want to have conversations with you. But this is killing our relationship. I don't even want to hear from you because you pick on me so much. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing conversation. I just, I didn't like make him wrong and say, you shouldn't do this, shame on you kind of thing, because that never really works to change behavior. Instead, I said, this is how I feel when we're in this kind of relationship, when we're in this kind of communication. And it really, it really upsets me and, and makes me angry and frustrated. And in fact, you know, I don't even want to be around you. The, the good news that came out of that was that ultimately he changed his behavior for quite a while. Now, eventually our tiger, no, tigers have stripes, right? Yeah, I was going to say something about spots, but eventually the stripes came back a little bit. So it was like an ingrained pattern of not only how he dealt with me, but how he picked on other people, mostly women. So did you have to give him refresher courses? Yeah, one point I did. <laughs> Another event where I'm not very proud, but I was under uh, a tremendous amount of stress and I let him have it with yelling and screaming, which is not my personality typically. Not at all. No. Yeah, I have not heard from him since. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh because it saddens me because I really do love him and care about him. I just don't, I can't be in that, that same relationship. And you shouldn't have to be. You know? Exactly. And, in, and the truth of the matter is, is even with family members, sometimes you just have to avoid them. Sometimes right. there are people in your life that will just suck your energy dry and, and just like undermine your self-confidence and make you feel horrible. That is not helpful to anyone. Right. So, you know, those are the kinds of people that you want to kind of keep your distance from and spend as little time as possible with. But sometimes you don't have a choice, like, right. as you well know, some, some stories that I've told you about my mom, and I could, I could almost verbatim recite the same rhetoric she would say every year at the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> it would be the same stories with the wrong endings. Oh, like a totally different uh, oh. thing than what actually took place? Yeah, like her favorite was to say, your high school boyfriend broke up with you because you had a bad attitude. Oh my goodness gracious. Like, no, that is not what Not quite how it went down. (laughs) And it's like, you know, after 20, 25 years of that, she's like, I can't, don't trigger me with that. Don't trigger me with that. Well, and you're like preparing to hear that story over again. You've been yeah. happily married for how long now? And it's yeah. not to that guy? <laughs> exactly. It's like, we can let it go now, Ma. 
Yeah, look, yeah, exactly. He's not even in the picture. <laughs> it's too funny. You know, the other thing when I was thinking about this idea of people who trigger us is sometimes we have stories, talk about stories, right? Sometimes we have stories made up in our minds. Obviously, your mom has a story about your high school boyfriend. <laughs> True enough. Yeah. And that story may be inaccurate. And that's something we need to, you know, think about because and challenge because we make up stories and then we live out of them. It's pretty funny because then that becomes our truth, right? Mm -hmm. So for instance, a friend of mine was here from a college friend of mine was here visiting from Florida about a month ago. He and his girlfriend came by to say hi. Okay. Two of them. But anyway, um, then I found the one and I hung out with him. But um, this guy I didn't date, but he was a dear friend. And he has one of those memories where he can remember exactly, well, to his recollection, what went on at a certain time when we were all in college together, which is kind of cool because like, I don't have a photographic memory like that, but he does. And it's as if it's happening right now or it happened yesterday. The problem with that is, or the problem that could be with that is that he has a different recollection of the same situation I do. But granted, I had a different point of view. But what story are we telling ourselves? Is that story raising us up? Or is that story actually lowering our, our vibration and how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about others? Stories are all made up anyway, right? They're based on perception. So sometimes we've got to change our story. So maybe we've, we have a story made up about the situation or the person mm -hmm. before we even get there. Oh, that's another aspect. I'm so, Kathy, I'm so glad that you brought that up because you're absolutely right. We're projecting something out either onto a person or onto an event. And sometimes that's good. Let me, I'll explain why I say that. But more often than not, we are bracing for the bad thing to happen. Right. When we're bracing, our energy is tight. It is closer to our body. We're in defensive mode. We're in protective mode and we're preparing to be attacked. And what does that tell those other people that are in the, are around us? It's like, right. attack me. It's telling, yeah. it's saying, right. this is what I want from you, which sounds weird. I understand, but it's the truth. It's the energy we're projecting out that says I'm bracing for attack. So therefore you have permission to pick on me. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. The other yeah. positive side of that idea of having a projecting a story is that you could write it, I mean, literally write it in advance. It's quite possible, for instance, with my cousin, that, that I might have written a story before I ever had dinner when, when we all had, you know, it didn't go so well, in my opinion. I might have written the story a little bit differently if I'd done it in advance and then like kind of pre-paved the way for something more positive. So that could have been a real positive thing where I actually kind of wrote the story as if it, as if it just happened. I'd write, you know, how, oh, how my cousin was so warm and friendly and loving and, you know, really supportive and encouraging. Yeah. And that might've actually caused it to happen. Certainly I didn't know about that cool idea, that technique right. back right. in the day. So I could have written the story like, oh, I'm going to see my mom for Thanksgiving. And for the first time, she's going to have the ending right to that story. Yes. Or even better, she never brings it up. 
Okay. Now, how would that be for you? That would have been excellent. That would have been excellent. Okay, yeah. That's terrific. Too funny. All of this falls into to one of two categories. What we're talking about here is emotions. And emotions fall into one or two categories. They either fall into loving emotions or they fall into fearful emotions. And when we're on the fearful side, then we're likely to get something that we need to be fearful of. But when we're on the loving side, then we have a greater chance of receiving something that is loving. And so before you end up in that situation or that event or that household where you get triggered by other people, then it might be worth taking five or 10 minutes to think about what am I feeling? Am I feeling love for that person that triggers me or am I feeling fear? And in my cousin's point of situation, I was definitely feeling fear. I was feeling like the underdog and not able to manage and not being able to stand up to him instead of coming from a loving point of view. And that might look like, I really love him. And you know what? I'm just going to ignore what he does and not respond to it. And it will likely stop or I can address it directly and just say, hey, this is really, this is really breaking us up instead of bringing us together. Oh, I like that. Yeah. What you just said, this is really mm-hmm. breaking us up rather than bringing us together. Mm-hmm. That's actually, I've used that and it works very, very well. It's like a lot of people who didn't know they had a behavior that was unattractive or off-putting. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you said that it's either like a loving emotion or it's a fear emotion. Mm-hmm. But, and you don't necessarily mean exactly those words, but emotions that go along with love and emotions that go along with fear. Like think, think about it this way. They're two ends of the same spectrum. Okay. So love, our emotions that are based in love, our appreciation, behaviors might look like praise. Fearful things are things like shame, grief, sadness. So, okay. so if you think of them as the, the basis of, and fear being the basis, what are you feeling right now in that, in that experience? Yes. Does, is that more clear? Yeah, it definitely is. That, and that's what I was, I was wondering. It's, it's not being in love, although right. you could be in love, right? It's generating that heartfelt appreciation or intending good for someone or hoping for good for someone. Hope is even one. Positive, positive emotions. Positive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Sure. I thought maybe I'd tell you about one more idea. Let's say you're going to a Thanksgiving dinner or holiday gathering. It might not be Thanksgiving, but some kind of gathering and there's somebody there that just always gets under your skin. Maybe the group's not very big because we're not, we need to not be in large groups right now. So that means you can't hide in the crowd. <laughs> Let's say there's some certain things that this person does that just drives you nuts. Maybe, maybe the topic is always about them and never about anybody else. And they're never interested in knowing about what's going on with you or any other family member or those kinds of things. We sometimes call those people narcissists, but not all people who are self-focused are narcissists. 
So what we can do sometimes is we can imagine taking a giant marshmallow. <gasps> yeah, the big fluffy white marshmallow. Can you, can you imagine what one looks like? You know, that cylinder-shaped soft goodness of sugary. sugary. I love marshmallows. <laughs> I love marshmallows. I want you to imagine one that's six feet tall and four feet wide or in cir circumference or whatever. I want you to imagine like taking that marshmallow and just placing it over the top of that person so it covers them from head to toe. Now, if you need a marshmallow taller than six, in, uh, six feet, then feel free to imagine one. You can imagine it whatever size you like. That marshmallow is filled with love. Love. So oh. is, yeah, it's just, it's love. And, you know, just as much as it is sugar in our real world when we eat them, it is love in our imagination. And so when you put the marshmallow over the top of someone, they can't help but get that. And they can't, it's kind of, could you, could you imagine trying to fight your way out of a marshmallow? Yeah. <laughs> and the softness and it just bounces back and yeah you might be able to eat your way out of a marshmallow but i don't know about like fighting your way out of it <laughs> so the marshmallow in contains any negativity that's there and replaces it with love and when that happens there is so often a shift in fact every time i've used it there's been a shift in that other person and I haven't had to feel like I'm on the defensive or be self-protected or, you know, anything like that. And so use the marshmallow technique if you run into some challenges. I like that one. I, 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 that I can do. I can imagine a marshmallow without any problem. <laughs> and, and if they keep like getting past the marshmallow with negativity or self-absorption, -absor you know, they're all involved in their self, then keep marshmallow on them. Maybe they need more than one marshmallow. Or layerage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the or layers. Skewer them and. Um, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> and okay. roast them. Well, okay. Well, that, that is. I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. You need a graham cracker for that. Yeah. 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 Oh well. <laughs> I don't have any clue how my holiday is going to go this year. It'll be a totally different one for my family. Best of luck to you. <laughs> Thank you. And to you. Yeah, mine will be very different as well. I know we won't be together. Uh, and I, that's too bad. But I hope that other people are able to take advantage of some of these ideas and make them work for them, whether it's over Thanksgiving or Christmas or at work or wherever it may be. I think that there's a lot of neat ideas here. If you can't avoid somebody, try some of these techniques, the marshmallow technique or rewriting the story that you have about that person or repaving uh, the way, repaving the way, writing the story in advance. So it's and has the outcome that you want. All right. of those sound like a lot of effort, but they're really not. And they're well worth it. The only advantage to not trying these is you get to have the same events happen again. And the only benefit to that is you get to be right. So would you rather be right and be angry and frustrated and irritable? Or would you rather things change? It's totally up to you. It's all in your hands. It is all in your hands. We wish you all very much the most pleasant and happy Thanksgiving ever. And we hope that you will join us again next week. 
when we'll have another really cool topic that we hope will, will be helpful to you in every way that we can think of. Actually, we are taking a week off. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're taking a week off. So this is, uh, this is our pre-Thanksgiving helpful hints. Then we'll take a week off and we'll resume again with, some, uh, with a topic that is sure to get us through December. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of opportunities there definitely definitely let's see your stories <laughs> yeah the stories right shopping stress how much can i do online where's my amazon order let's see yeah maybe we <laughs> there may be some really good stuff we can do in december and if you have ideas email me please at cheryl c-h-e-r-y-l at simply the best results I, com. I would love to know what are some of the challenges that you're facing that we might be able to help you with. If you have some ideas for some topics that you would like us to cover in this podcast and in our blogs, then email me at Cheryl at simplythebestresults.com. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you, Cheryl, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You guys take care. We'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Emotional Self Mastery. We'll be back next Thursday with a new topic to help you reclaim your personal power and self-confidence. Please be sure to subscribe to and like this podcast and share it with a friend. And if you want a deeper dive into Emotional Self Mastery, get Cheryl's book by the same title on Amazon. Download the first chapter for free on her website under the book tab. Want to receive a full recap of this week's content with resources and helpful hints? Sign up on the first page of my website at simplythebestresults.com. Talk to you next week.